you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what is up? It's the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here alongside Adam Rank, MG. Marcus Grant is in the house, and the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. Actually, behind the glass today, I'm a little... I'm a little thrown off by it, not going to lie to you. Yeah, well, it happened uh, once the season hits, and we're doing this at odd hours of the day, and resources are stretched thin across all of NFL media. Stretched I was, thin? I How was, dare they? I was informed by Shadowy League figures that I would not only have to participate on the podcast, but produce <laughs> and edit it as well. So while the NFL is in training camp, I figured I'd get some training camp action right now and be good to go. I like the shadowy league figures. That reminds me of Adam Rank for some reason. Why? That's right. That's right. Throwing it out there. That's not nice. <laughs> I don't care for that at all. You will like it and you'll take it. <laughs> okay. Sir. Um all right, let's uh let's get right into it, huh? We got a busy busy day here. Obviously, it's the top headlines uh for today and the number one had the story in the NFL. On this Tuesday. Fire off that sounder there, Gilhar. I was waiting. <laughs> Everybody talking about it around the league. Geno Smith out six to ten weeks after backup defensive player I.K. Enampali punched Geno and his and broke his jaw. This was announced today by first-year head coach Todd Bowles. He described the blow as a sucker punch uh, and that the incident, quote, had nothing to do with football it was something very childish. Enampale was then quickly released by the team. Sounds like it may have been money-related. Uh, this was... It's a crazy story, man. Geno Smith just got sucker-punched, and he's out. He's like Kanye West through the wire, baby. He's yeah. got his jaw broken. <laughs> Pretty I much. Get it. It yeah. worked out well for him. Should work out just as well for Geno Smith, right? Should be, yeah. So now apparently gonna go out. There's, a Car- there's a Kardashian available still, too. <laughs> the, story, the story now is that it's it was over basically $600. That's crazy. This is according to uh, several sources, including our own Ian Rappaport. Oh, this is crazy. Um, $600. Was wow. it, a, it was like a plane ticket. A plane right? ticket, essentially. I'm on IK's side. <laughs> pay the, pay well, the money. It's not that Gino wasn't going to pay. He well, just hadn't paid, paid yet. Well, that, that's what happens. By the way, I got a great tweet. I can't. I wish I had it pulled up, but I got a great tweet from somebody, um, and it was uh, actually directed towards uh, myself, Adam, and uh, and Marcus. Uh, a very concerned podcast listener said, "At Marcus Grant, <laughs> at Marcus G, I hope your broken jaw does not get in the way." Of the fantasy podcast today, I got a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of similar themed tweets and text messages uh, asking what I would have, what I might have done to uh, you know have somebody come and punch me in the jaw. It was fantastic. And, and, for those who have never uh, seen, uh, hopefully, if you watched Fantasy Live or looked at Marcus Mug on the website, he bears a striking resemblance. To striking, Gino so I've been told. Resemblance. Oh, by the way, I don't see it. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, by the way, sign up your team, or better yet, sign up your league right now. Go to the t- uh, website, nfl.com slash fantasy. Sign up for fantasy football right now. we got mock drafts. We've got great information, a free draft kit that you can download. All that good stuff, nfl.com slash fantasy. Sign up for a team today, or better yet, sign up your league. All right, so uh, we know that Geno Smith out, uh, you know, a couple months here. What does that mean for position guys like Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall, Chris Ivory, uh, and that entire uh, train wreck that is the Jets' backfield? For me, it always came down to Chan Gailey and the players who have flourished in his offense previously. And I look at a guy like Brandon Marshall, who... Who you love. I do sort of, but he's he's one of those guys who just it seems like he's overbearing on a quarterback like dude, you always gotta look my way. He's like he's like the coworker you just have to placate all the time, like, all right, like make sure I gotta make sure we're going to Smashburger, make sure Brandon Marshall knows <laughs> we're going. We're gonna hear about it forever. And it seems like every quarterback gets locked into having to throw it to him all the time. Like Jay Cutler was having a, a great time of his life until he got reunited with Brandon Marshall and had to throw it to him every single time he went back and dropped back and I anticipated Geno Smith to do it I anticipate Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick having to do it other uh, unless he's got like some sort of Harvard Jedi mind trick that's going to get him out of it you know by the way Ryan Fitzpatrick did go to Harvard I don't know if you wow you know, Rank, I think that's probably why Brandon Marshall tweeted after the Geno news came out that, like, crying emoji. The single tear Because emoji. he's like, man, all those uh. trips to Smashburger are wasted now. I have to start over again with Fitzpatrick. That's like a lot of work. Like, you you know, like you're dating a, a young lady or something. Okay. Putting in a lot of time. Well, weren't they living sudden. together, too? No, Speaking they did of, spend a yeah, lot of the like, offseason uh, working on routes and, and timing and all that. You're, it's, I, I was going out with a, a girl named Beulah McGillicuddy when I was in college putting in a lot of groundwork, and all of a sudden she transfers to Cal, courtship's over. Ah, well. Uh, and it's it's a similar similar type. Well, like many process. like many smart individuals, they would choose California Berkeley over Adam Rank. That's Well, who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't? But, uh, Marcus, what's your take on this, man? Uh, it, it, I, I, I kind of see it as a situation where, all right, Fitzpatrick, maybe not necessarily a, a downgrade at the quarterback position, but that being said, I think it will embolden defenses to stack the box more, and it possibly could, you know, impact negatively the run game for the Jets. Maybe. I mean, I would, I would say, good luck. I, like, I, I don't know. That, I, I feel like this is a lateral move from a quarterback spot. I mean, I, I don't have any intentions of moving Brandon Marshall one way or another in my rankings. I'm not moving Eric Decker one way or another in my rankings. And, and I mean, we've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick have you know, flashes of very good throughout his career. He was a danger zone special last year. I don't want to say flashes of brilliance, but flashes of very good throughout (laughs) his career, and and he can get the ball He had a six-touchdown game last uh, last season. Nick Foles has a six-touchdown game. Okay, all right, fair enough. Seven. I'm sorry, seven. Right. The same week I picked the Raiders as a sleeper defense. Oh. Yeah. Um... But you know, I, I think I think he'll be fine. I think I think Fitzpatrick will be fine. I'm not drafting him. I think Brandon Marshall will be okay. I would draft him as like a low end wide receiver three sort okay. of situation. Um, I I just don't see much change. No impact. Not really. I mean, no. look, from a fantasy perspective, Chan Gailey made Tyler Thigpen relevant for a few weeks. All right, <laughs> I, he can do okay with Ryan Fitzpatrick. How dare you, uh, Alex Gelhar? I see yep. you shaking your. Head. I, I I agree. It was the same thing. It's it's basically a lateral move. People were just excited for what Geno offered, what could right. have offered under Chan Gailey. We know what Ryan Fitzpatrick offers under Chan Gailey. Like you said, you're not going to draft him. He could be somebody to stream, maybe a daily play. But all should still be well. They have the entire preseason to build up a rapport for those first couple weeks. I'm not worried. All right. More opportunity for Brandon Marshall to exert his will. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. I like it. Um, running back Chris Johnson was offered a one-year deal by the Arizona Cardinals. That, according to an ESPN.com report, the team is said to be waiting to hear back from the artist formerly known as CJ2K. Why, you ask? Why would they reach out to Chris Johnson? Well, apparently both Andre Ellington and David Johnson are dealing with hamstring injuries. I would imagine there's this is much ado about nothing, uh, at least from a fantasy perspective. Uh, does anyone feel strongly about Chris Johnson either way? Yes, I feel very strongly about yes. not drafting him. There you go. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're moving. Isn't that, uh, you had me concerned for a second. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we are moving on. All right, Hall of Fame game was last Sunday. Any takeaways uh, for either the Vikings or the Steelers? I know we didn't get to see Adrian Peterson at all, but, man, I'll tell you what, I'll start it off. I, I was impressed by Teddy Bridgewater. 
I like Teddy Bridgewater. I do. I, I think he has a chance to be a legit QB, two this year in a lot of leagues. Um, he's a guy with good accuracy. I think his arm strength is underrated. Again, he wasn't a bad quarterback. He had a bad pro day, and everybody right. like ran away from him. But I think I think where the gloves, fine. Teddy? Where you the know? dang gloves? I, I mean, I guess I can tell you, I'm not drafting Sammy Coates because <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't catch a cold in the Hall of Fame right. game. So, uh, rank your takeaways for the Steelers, though. I would let me say one thing about Teddy Bridgewater, please. As a fantasy hipster, yes, I drink only double IPAs. <laughs> and I've been starting Teddy Bridgewater since last season. He was he was the guy a, in your a barrel deal, aged in your, double IPA. Absolutely, That's of course. Cherry wheat, uh, one of those yeah. with a hint. The grapefruit's got to be added. citrus. I agree. The citrus. If you don't have grapefruit, don't even bring it to the table. Hey. Like who, some hooligan just tried to offer me like a no. basic IPA. I'm like, listen. Unless there's a little bit of mango in there, uh-huh. don't even stop at right. the table. I agree. And that's how I feel about Teddy Bridgewater. And that's. <laughs> he, did you make this analysis with he, skinny jeans on Well, I, and a well-manicured beard? Yes. Okay. Well, no, it's a, it's a terrible beard. I had okay. to shave it for, okay. for television, of course. unfortunately. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I guess these would be considered skinny jeans. Uh, yeah. uh, Gelhar, I know you've been super high on Teddy. Um, it, do you see – I mean, look, Marcus says, okay, hey, look, he's going to be a reliable QB, too. I think that kind of goes without saying, but can he be a QB one low end? Uh, that's uh, that's going to depend on how the offense gels with all the pieces there. You know, he's going to have Adrian Peterson back for the first time. Is he still going to get? Is, uh, is Teddy going to get his chances to throw? Wallace, everybody there. You got to see. It was looking good in you know the eight snaps we saw in the sure. Hall of Fame game when he marched the team right down. Right. I don't know if I'd put him into that QB one status, but he could finish maybe top twelve area. Man, I tell you what, he's he at least has. The upside, I think. Absolutely. To be a, a, a very low-grade QB1. Go ahead, Rick. Point of order, depending on how, how large your league is, I have Teddy Bridgewater okay. as my number 11 quarterback. In your ranking? In our rankings. Okay. So he could potentially be a QB1. You want to know who my number 12 is? Please. Peyton Manning. Stop. Woo. I would take Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> over Peyton Manning. Stop it. What is where, – where, where do you get this? Where do you where where in the rank brain does this rattle around? Well, I just what I like to do is watch football and analyze it. Okay, <laughs> shocking concepts. I like I like to look into the future. All right, now so, if I now listen, let me tell you guys: if you're playing in a fantasy football league where you're getting points based on 2007 statistics, <laughs> Peyton Manning. Actually, that was the year after they. Just Super give me the reason why Peyton Manning is ranked lower than Teddy I, Bridgewater. What's I think, wrong with you? I think the time has come. If you saw Peyton Manning at the end of last season, okay, and he looked terrible anytime he had to throw more than twenty passes in a game. He but are was you saying are, are are you saying are you worried about injury here? Uh, injury, yeah. Okay. I mean, people are like, "Well, he's injured." I'm like, "Yeah, that's what happens when you turn 40. You get. <laughs> didn't you even see that movie? Like, that's what happens when you turn 40. You get injured walking to the bathroom. Like, it does. That's what happens. I and mean, you're playing a very violent sport. And also, too, I I think it 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 warrants mentioning with this scrutiny on the PSI levels of football. Oh boy, how is that going Im- to? Peyton Manning was the guy who co-authored, he co-authored that legislation yeah. right. with Tom Brady, and you mean to tell me that he is not a control freak oh, about the, the the inflation levels of his football? I think it's more probable than not. We're going to come up with some kind of challenge here. Uh, you you saying statements like that? Peyton Manning ranked lower than Teddy Britt. We got to come up with some kind of challenge. That's but I'm I'm only basing this on fantasy points. Well, yes, and that Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> will score more. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. gonna go ahead. Yeah, we're we're gonna come what up is, with some. We're gonna come up with okay, some. We are gonna want, come up with some. If you watched Peyton Manning at the end of last season, right? What did you see to where you're like, you know what? I have all the confidence in the world that he's gonna rebound. <laughs> um. Well, he's got better weapons. Let's start there. Better. He, I mean. I mean, his wide receivers are better. I won't say his running back is better. That's probably I think, I think, okay. But he he had those guys at the end of last year, and was not good. But he apparently was injured. According to fans, if he comes back healthy, I think I think he's got a great chance. Now, will he be healthy? Look, I don't know. I mean, that's why I think he's going so late in drafts right now because a lot of folks are worried that uh, he's a he's a high injury risk, which I get. But boy, I tell you what, if he plays sixteen games, I think it's a near impossibility that I, he. Scores less fantasy points. Than, I think than, the, than Teddy the best analogy for this 
is Brett Favre's final season with the Vikings. Okay. He had that magical run yeah. where he got them he to great. the NFC Championship yep. game and everything. And, and he just got railed point, on by the Saints. It catches up to him. That's a lot. That's a lot of football he's played. A lot right. of nagging injuries over the last couple of years. All right, we're going to come up with something, and pal. I, I would just say this. And okay. I, I would uh, warn fantasy enthusiasts when you're doing your drafts. It's like, okay. you know what? It's hard to say goodbye to these guys, guys who have been so good for you in fantasy no doubt. football for, for many years. And Peyton Manning has been one of the best. But at some point, you got to look at it and be like, I got to turn the page. I got to be looking for this year. I got to see who is the up and coming guy. Teddy Bridgewater at the end of last season was a better fantasy football quarterback than he Peyton was. Manning. He was. And now he's getting Adrian Peterson. Chuck Johnson is going to be an improvement too. I, I'm going with the upside. I like it. I, I, I don't, think you know me. I don't think it's outlandish. Look, well, no, it is outlandish. It's, but <laughs> you know, you know me. I love, outlandish. I love being aggressive. I love being aggressive, but that's too gr- aggressive even it's, for me. It's a blind taste test. Now here, I'll, if, you I'll, just, if you put their number, if you put the numbers from Adam the quarterbacks at the last, at the end of the last season, you put them side by side, yes. and you said pick the quarterback <laughs> you'd want. Like, I want that guy. Yes, he'd pull yes. it up and be like, it's Teddy Bridgewater. Hey, guess what, Geno Smith, also on that list, pal. King, King of so, December. I mean, Gino come Smith. on. So, uh, uh, Gelhar, let, let, let's let's switch gears here a little bit. Uh, Steelers. Any takeaways from the Steelers? Uh, no, not really, because none of their starters play. <laughs> so all I know is that Landry Jones still has not thrown a touchdown pass in the preseason. Uh, since like 2013. Uh, very so. good point. All right, let's move on. Browns running back coach uh, put uh, Isaiah Crowell, uh, Terrence West, and Duke Johnson on blast. Wilbert Montgomery, the running backs coach, telling Cleveland.com, quote, it just bothers me that guys don't want to be the lead bell cow guy. Montgomery added that no one showed up in tip-top shape. Uh, what are we to make of these comments from a fantasy perspective, Marcus? Uh, I think it's the coaching staff trying to light a fire under one of these guys. In fact, the latest story is that they are considering, not yet signing, but considering one Raymond Rice no. to come in to Cleveland. No. Yeah, story that recently just popped up uh, before we started here on Around the NFL. Uh, look, I, you, know. you mean the NFL Fantasy Life podcast? Yeah, no. Oh, okay. Okay. But um but so look, I, I think right now this is just a case of trying to motivate one of these three guys to get going. I mean, I know wow. with Johnson and West, those guys have been banged up a little bit. Uh, I know West has kind of been on thin ice for a while. So, I'm not putting a lot of stock into it yet. But I mean, it just goes back to the fact that or the reason that I'm not big on any one of these guys just cuz you don't know who's going to be the guy on a week to week basis. So, backstory here, when I first started at at, um, at NFL Network, uh, I wasn't officially uh, listed off as the the one of the hosts for Fantasy Live. But uh, I do remember one of my very first interactions regarding fantasy was about the Cleveland backfield with no one else other than Mr. Adam Rink, who was big on the Terrence West hype train. Mm-hmm. And I saw a little tape, and then I saw a little tape of Isaiah Crowell. I said, nope, there's no chance that Terrence West is going to beat out this kid because Isaiah Crowell is just a much more explosive athlete. Uh, as the preseason kind of wore on, uh, uh, and I got to know Adam Rank a little bit better. You understood. <laughs> I said, Rank, man, your boy Terrence West doesn't look too great. But he still stuck to his guns. He loved it. But uh, but and then as the season wore on, obviously we saw the crow fly just a little bit. I know that Adam Rank is very tuned in to the Cleveland backfield. What is your takeaway from these three guys? I'm not sure I like your tone right now. <laughs> <laughs> I might have been wrong about Terrence West. Yes. He was one of the. That's one of the problems with watching so much of this scouting combine because. He where did Terrence West go? With Akron or was it Kent uh, or something like that? He was he's one of the small I, school Towson. guys. Towson, 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 Towson. Towson. There you go to uh, all the fine listeners from Towson. Uh, I apologize. And looking at this, I I have to believe that through all the smoke screens and through all the motivations yeah. and Wilbert Montgomery's number thirty one Eagles jersey is a cool hipster jersey by the way. I like my it. dad. But I feel like last year Isaiah Crowell is going to be the guy who ends up emerging ends up being that number one guy and all of this will be for naught. They they've they've got a nice little accumulation of some mid card running backs, but the one who just screams of the upside and that guy who can take that job over. And this is remember, this is a pretty good offensive line and they've got some chances. I think it's gonna be the crow. And it's I'm not into I'm not into Terrence West as much anymore. 
still kind of have you know I was I was so uh, bullish on him last year that there is still a little bit of investment that I, like I would I would like to have that opportunity at some point to come out and be like see I told you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though I've kind of backtracked now and Duke Johnson scares me though the, the thing about Duke Johnson and uh, I don't know if I should be calling up but one of the former players who walks the halls here. We were talking about it, and he flat out told me, like, I would not take a running back from the ACC. Wow. Like, that's not a good football conference. And so that's <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Bold. I'm like, all right, well. Wow, bold. So I'm like, okay. And, I again, I don't want to call it, but one of the guys who works here said okay. that. I'm like, that makes sense. Like, I – I'm I, really going back through my mental Rolodex. I know. To come me up too. With I mean, C.J. Spiller has had some. I know. Ugh, I hate. Oh, God. Don't mention C.J. Spiller. I hate to be that guy like where you just are dismissive of like, oh, it's Wisconsin running back. Or like that. <laughs> but at the same Got time, it. like it. So you're not scared. But it's like it's the competition level okay. of, of things like that. But, yeah, you, you know, what's funny is doing a lot of mock drafts. And which you can go. do on NFL.com right now, NFL.com slash fantasy. Boom. Gotta you want it pumped in. You know what you should you should go to draft pros. Have you used theirs? I can I not. can I not endorse them? We should probably stick to our product. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> Listen. Hey, it's my first day behind the glass, all right? I don't need more shadowy league figures <laughs> right. coming in here. All right. I, all right. So Duke I Johnson, uh you know, maybe Adam Rank not a big ACC running back guy. Uh, all right, let, 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 let's talk about the NFC. Uh, these are your top NFC training camp battles to watch for, at least in regards to fantasy. And we'll start with Philadelphia. Uh, Eagles quarterback, Sam Bradford versus Mark Sanchez. I'm going to start with MG here, our resident USC homer. Uh, Sanchito was, I don't know, a viable fantasy quarterback last year uh, under Chip Kelly. Sam Bradford, you've you got to think he, he's got a little bit more talent level than, than Mark Sanchez. Can Sam Bradford, uh, maybe under this Chip Kelly offense, become a top 12 quarterback? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, that was I the most lukewarm it. response. Well, yeah, <laughs> I look, I like Sam Bradford's ability. I like his talent. It's always an issue of can he stay healthy? Can you get, say, 12 to 14 games out of Sam Bradford? Because the offense is set up for him to succeed. I know that's right. been... That's been Chip Kelly's thing is that he doesn't necessarily need stars. He just needs people who can play within that offense. Right. So, obviously, it's set up there. He's got the guys around him, whether it's you know Jordan Matthews, who I like a lot, uh, Nelson Aguilar, who I think steps in and plays really well this year. You've got guys in the backfield with DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews. There's so many reasons why he can. A lot can. of weapons. It's just a matter of can he stay on the field. But where he's coming off the board so late in drafts, it's really a, a nearly no-risk proposition you get him for a really good draft price. If he succeeds, then you've got a gym on your roster. If he doesn't, you're not really out anything. Uh, he's a, he's one of those guys where if you're playing an auction league draft, it, you got to get this guy. It, you're probably going to overspend on running back and overspend on wide receiver, maybe even overspend on tight end. But Sam Bradford is a guy in auction leagues where you can get him for a buck and just build the rest of your roster and just hope for the best. And, and, you know, we always see quarterbacks kind of pop up on the waiver wire anyways, and even if he doesn't pan out, as Marcus said, you've really dra- you, you've really risked nothing, and a, a guy who does have potential uh, great upside. Yeah, uh, Rank and I were talking downstairs earlier today too, and he threw out the idea of if you draft Tom Brady and wait out his suspension, Bradford's a great name to grab as your second quarterback to ride you through those first couple weeks. His first game is in the Georgia Dome against Atlanta in week one, which is just a juicy matchup on Absolutely. the turf with his track stars at wide receiver. Like, If he's going to light it up, he's probably going to gonna throw down in that first week and you can get a bunch of points and try and ride him or flip him for somebody else or pick somebody up for the waiver wire. Right, so I like Bradford this year. Let's talk about the Dallas running back situation. It's, um, <laughs> it's a backfield that is obviously – uh, one of the most interesting uh, training camp battles we're watching for. Joseph Randall uh, recently dealing with an oblique problem. Uh, Darren McFadden has been, you know, in and out of practice with a, a bad hamstring. So those two guys aren't playing. Dallas Gus still. Johnson. Oh, yes, Gus Johnson, the undrafted free agent, not the broadcaster. Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson. The running back out of Stephen F. Austin and the beautiful Southland Conference. <laughs> 510 215 ran an unbelievably slow 4640 <laughs> Well, wow, that's a bit harsh. Yeah, a little bit harsh. But that's slow. Damn. It's not good for a running back. No. I was around a 45. That's why you're That's why you're, that's sitting, why here you're with us. sitting here. I was not training though. I think I could have gotten that down. No, nah, I don't think you could have. You really? No. 
Honestly? Honestly. I don't think that's Can you correct. just talk to me about this uh, Cowboys uh, depth chart here? Joseph Randall, Darren McFadden, or, I don't know, a little bit of hype train building here? Choo-choo for Gus Johnson? No. No. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's, not, let's not get carried away. It, it, we haven't even played, well, uh, outside of the Hall of Fame game, we haven't played the first preseason game, and we didn't expect a lot out of Randall and McFadden early on, and... McFadden's hamstring injury, of course, is a little bit of a problem because that's one of those nagging injuries that continue to just linger, and they don't really ever seem to go away. Every time somebody comes up with a hamstring injury, no matter what week it is, they're dealing with it all year. And it's like – Especially like, running backs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that it's that and the high ankle sprain. It's like if I see a hammy or a high ankle sprain, I'm like, ah, this is going to be problems for the rest of the year. That's the one. All and right, so who do you like in that uh, in that mix there, Joe Randall or, or Darren McFadden? I'm starting to get on board with Joey Randall, and then he goes out and hurts his oblique. But, yeah. again, it's not a hamstring, and it's not the dreaded high ankle sprain. So you're like, all right, we'll kind of see how this goes. And when I'm doing my mock drafts and things of that nature – Seeing Joey Randall there in about the fourth round, because my strategy is to go receiver, receiver, or receiver Gronk, or something like that, and then you start picking up your running backs, and a lot of times I'll get Frank Gore or Mark Ingram in the third, and then Joey Randall sitting there in the fourth, and as an RB2, you're like, all right, with that offensive line, with that offense, and considering that I'm going to probably end up taking like 30 running, 30 rookies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's the one thing. is like, You're hoping somebody pans out. You, you need just one guy to pan out. That's true. That's Wasn't there a is. point in the Experts League last year where you had like nine running backs Absolutely. rostered yes, of I, 16 positions? I did that uh, in that league and in my league of record. And in my league of record, uh, I know for a fact I had uh, C.J. Anderson, Jeremy Hill, and uh, Justin Forsett. It's a, it's, a, it's a strange I also that. had Cordero Patterson, so I don't want to – I don't want to injure myself right. patting myself on the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm to throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm not perfect. So, but, but again, the, the point is, is you just need one of those guys to hit the pan out. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And the, with Gus Johnson, the thing is, like with uh, Randall nursing the oblique and uh, McFadden being injured again, surprise, he's going to probably start for Dallas this weekend in the preseason. And he I could mean, impress. It's it's a lot of hype right now. Tony Romo was quoted with a piece this morning on NFL.com, pumping him up. I read some other stuff um, from blogging the boys on SB Nation and things. What everybody likes about Johnson is his ability at the goal line. When he gets that carry, he goes in. So there you he go. could have some ability to plow it in there. But um, we'll have to see. If this becomes more of a committee, as it might have been hinted at, and they don't just hand it to Randall, Johnson could be maybe like the uh, Lendale White to Randall's CJ2K. It's a little bit offense. It's a little bit scary because Joe Randall really doesn't have the, the, the size uh, of a prototypical every down back. And so that's what makes me kind of worried about uh, drafting uh, you know, a high draft pick. Uh, spending a high draft pick on Joe Randall, if he's there in the sixth or seventh, I, I'd I'd be okay. No I'll chance take he's going to be there. In that, the but that's what I'm saying. There's no chance he's going to be there in the sixth or seventh. Guys are so high on this Dallas O line. I, in my opinion, I, I he enters that undraftable zone for me because guys are drafting on the O line. Uh, if it's a committee, and maybe the the team as a whole puts up great numbers, but will any one of these individuals do it? I don't know. So, serious question here, because we, we talk about the Dallas running backs, and everybody talks about that offensive line and, and how, you know, Joe Randall is going to be great. People even thinking, you know, Darren McFadden could have some life. Why is it then, similarly, when you look at what's going on in Philadelphia, where they have a very good offensive line for run blocking, mm-hmm. everybody downgrades DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews. It's a great point. It's a great question. Because that's a legitimate committee right there. They're – Darren Sproles is also in the mix. If if DeMarco Murray was there with three curtain jerkers who weren't going to see the field, I would be all about it. But the, there's legitimate guys there who are going to take the football away from him, which which pushes him down into the second round. I mean, I would love to get him in. I I, it's, I always hate when people do like, I'd love to get him in the third. Yeah, no kidding. I'd love to get him in the eighth round. You know, but like <laughs> I – it seems like he's realistically going to be drafted in in the second round. But if you're there in the early third, you still have a little bit of hope that he's going to be there, which is because of the situation. I don't I don't think it's a, a knock on him. Plus he plus he carried the ball. I I, I think if my mask read eight hundred times. I think that's right, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you're, I think you're about about there, uh, Adam. Mike, I want to stay with you because uh, you and I have been. Go- this is the, this is the new Cleveland backfield for for you and I. Okay. Uh, Falcons backfield. 
Right. Tevin Coleman versus Devontae Freeman. I've been flip flopping on these guys, so it's not really No. I don't I had a stake in this in this situation yeah. last, last year. year. Right. With Devontae Freeman. Yes. And when Devontae Freeman Where are the John Cena shoes at? Where are they at? Listen, they, they don't sell them in adult <laughs> sizes. <laughs> That's the problem. If they're, they're there's not a can like you can't order them online I would I would happily well not happily, I would wear them. Uh, although I think having to wear the red shoes, the red high heels, kind of negated all of that. Good Which, call. by the way, like, how did that even happen? I don't. How did? How, how was, did you get roped how in? Did you, <laughs> I don't we know had, how you got roped in. We had the march to 1100. All right. of a sudden, I'm walking around NFL fantasy live <laughs> in high heels. Like, what the? What is this? I don't and, know. Just well, give me your take on the Falcons running back situation. What, who do you like in this battle here? Devontae Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman. He's still a good running back, and he showed at the end of last season that if he was given the opportunity, he was good. Like, you watch the Falcons, and you're like, uh, yeah, he's good. The only problem is, is this coaching staff is brand new. Right. And these guys aren't invested in Devontae Freeman. Right. They, they, they don't care. That's just a guy that they inherited, and they drafted Tevin Coleman. Mm-hmm. And if you watch Indiana football, he's a fine running back. He wasn't somebody who – jumped out at like Amir, Amir Abdullah you're watching on Saturday morning going like oh my god this guy's amazing I don't remember seeing an I mean I I know I saw Indiana play at least twice I don't remember coming away being like I can't wait <laughs> till you, Kevin the, Coleman if you missed one of Coleman's like home run hit like 60 yard I didn't runs, see I, well and then you didn't see anything special like I said Amir yeah. you saw every time he touched every the football, t- yeah it was, was crazy like, whoa look at this well, guy part of it is that out here on the west coast generally Indiana plays in that 9 a.m. ESPN 2 time <laughs> which is amazing slot. that's my that's my wheelhouse <laughs> it's usually like the, the, it's the it's the it's reserved for either Indiana or Northwestern those right. are the two teams that occupy yeah that surprising amount of Northwestern games on the west coast <laughs> out here a lot of Chicago transplant yeah, okay. there you sense. go um I'm gonna wait I'm uh, but this is the thing, because everybody, we draft so late, it's like it affords us the opportunity to wait and see who's going to end up winning that job. I will take whoever wins that job. Some peripherals on, on Tevin Coleman here. He, he ran for 2,000 yards last season, uh, again, at the aforementioned Indiana. There's about seven people who watched him play. Um, 2,000 yards at Indiana is a borderline miracle because the team was, I mean, awful. They were terrible. Uh, Tevin Coleman was smallish, uh, but he's very explosive. He's 5'11", 205 pounds. At his pro day, man, he ran a 4.3940. A 4.3940. That's fast. That is ridiculous fast. But does he truck people? That's the one thing. Like, I... Is he is he one of those guys who's going to bounce off ca- contact and continue to run? I mean, it's hard to tell. Plus, when he's not at you know one of the major conferences, you don't know how that's going to stack. Oh, how dare you! What? That's the home of the national champions. How uh, how dare you? Now, look, being being from Big Ten country, I can say it's it's not what I would love it to be. Even sure. though I didn't go to a Big Ten, school. really, your coaches are leaving for Oregon State in the Big Ten. <laughs> so let's not. This is- All right. Um, Marcus, who do you like in that uh, in that battle? Tevin Coleman to Devontae Freeman, man. I'm staying with Devontae Freeman, maybe because I also was on the Jacquez Rogers bandwagon for oh so long, and I kept feeling like Devontae Freeman's going to be the new Jacquez Rogers, only better. So I'm not totally ready to jump off of that one just okay. yet. Plus, you know, we talk all the time about teams bringing in running backs, especially guys who were drafted in the, high, the earlier rounds in the NFL draft and not wanting to give up on them just yet. And I would be surprised if the Falcons gave up on Devontae Freeman just yet. I'll tell you this, man. People ask me, why are you drafting quarterback so high? My strategy right now, and it's been no secret, quarterback high. I could tell you because nobody's going to do it. Right, except for me. I'm taking quarterback high. I need to get one of those elite wide receivers, one of those top five guys you know are going to put up 1,500 yards and, and nine or ten touchdowns. you got to get one of those guys. I want to get Luck or Rodgers. And Tevin Coleman is literally the reason why I'm doing that. Tevin Coleman is going later in drafts than I think he should. And, and not only that, he's got – incredible upside to me and he's one of just a few rookie running backs that I think have great upside and and to me this particular year it's a weird year because like there's so many uh high upside running backs sleeper running backs as I call them I love David Johnson in Arizona I like David Cobb in Tennessee you don't like him when Chris (laughs) you don't like him when Chris Johnson signs in Arizona uh that might be a good point but uh but again there's a lot of upside running backs that I'm very very interested in Tevin Coleman leads the list uh, for me. All right, let's talk about the Bears. Eddie Royal versus Kevin White versus Marquise Wilson. Uh, White 
uh, dinged up right now. He hurt his shin. He's still on that pup list. Elliot Harrison told me uh, after the show today, man, he's big on Eddie Royal. Where do you guys stand on the fence here? And Alex, we'll start with you. Good choice. I, uh, I've i been coming around a lot on Eddie Royal this year. When they drafted Kevin White, I was more pumped for that. But then I realized they didn't pay Eddie Royal all that money to come and just sit on the bench. So I think he's going to thrive in that slot um, in the Chicago offense. And there's some he's been surprisingly like you don't think of Eddie Royal. We always joke like he gets his two or three touchdowns in the, the beginning of the year and then he sure. just disappears. Yep. He's been one of the more efficient receivers in the league the last couple of years. Uh, I got from I was reading this article on Numberfire um, the other earlier today, and uh, he had 158 receptions and 15 touchdowns on just 67 percent of the snaps the last two years in San Diego. So when he was on the field and getting targeted, he was very efficient. Um, Kevin White is that shin injury is not good. He's a he's a big guy, but I think Eddie Royal is going to thrive in that shorter intermediate passing game that Adam Gase rolls out a lot with Peyton Manning. A lot of his passes weren't traveling a lot of yards to start in the air. And I think that's where Eddie Royal is going to thrive for that offense. I want to smash through a bunch of these real quick. Giants running back situation. Rashad Jennings, Andre Williams, Shane Vereen. Vereen ran for 400 yards last year, caught another 50 balls for another 450 through the air. He averaged 4.1 yards per carry. Pretty good. He had five total touchdowns. He really makes this backfield, uh, I mean, interesting, yes, but almost undraftable. Am I wrong in saying that, Marcus? I was going to say, you were asking me what, what I thought, and I was going to give you a yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do eventually think, and I, I said it on uh, Inside Training Camp Live earlier on Tuesday, that I think long-term, Andre Williams becomes the guy in this backfield. But right now, between Williams and Jennings and Vereen, it's so much of a muddled mess that it, it really frightens me. If I'm picking one short-term, I'm actually probably picking Vereen, just because I think he has that dual-threat ability. But right. long-term, I think it's still going to be Andre Williams' backfield. Um, I think you might be right. The only problem is that Andre Williams really can't catch the ball. He, well, there's he that. hasn't, and, and and he didn't show it in college, and he didn't show it in the pro. So it, it's certainly a battle we're, we're watching for. Uh, Rank, I know very quickly, I, I know that you're really high on Vereen as well. I like him a lot. I, I The offense that they run there with the Giants, with the short passing game, they want Eli Manning to make high percentage throws. That leads me to believe that Vereen's going to be out there a lot. He's going to be out there more than you expect him. I know there's the people look at him as a third down back, but he's got in, this, upside. in this in this version of the NFL, there's the teams pass all the time, and yeah. he's going to be the guy you want on the field. And plus, the other two guys, I don't know that you can trust to be healthy for an entire season. Plus, hashtag Cal running back. All right, Vikings wide receiver battle. Charles Johnson versus Cordero Patterson. This is a battle? <laughs> How dare I utter his name in these fantasy circles? This is, but This is a battle? <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? We have very precious – Franchise was just sitting back there holding up a move on sign <laughs> just so we could waste valuable time talking about Cordero Patterson. All right, fine. this is an just outrage. Give Charles. me some projections no. on Charles Johnson. Oh, Charles Chuck Johnson. Johnson. Chuck Johnson, yeah. over a thousand. Okay. Eight to ten touchdowns. Him and Kyle Rudolph are going to be the beneficiaries of Teddy Bridgewater being the number 11 quarterback this season. Like him. I like uh, Real quick on yeah. Johnson, I was crunching some numbers. Okay. From weeks 11 to 15 yeah. last year, he averaged 9.9 .9 fantasy points per game, uh, four receptions, and uh, with that, and seven about seven and a half targets. With that, he projects to about 158 fantasy points, puts him right on that wide receiver two radar. That's more points than Mike Wallace had last year. Oh, dang. I, I will say this. Um, I'm not terribly impressed with the skills of Charles Johnson. What? Oh, okay. What have you been oh, watching? No, oh, no, I'm no, sorry. No. He's not great catching the actual football. He runs okay. He pr runs pretty good routes. He's got great size. He's got good speed. Look, there was a game last year where he was targeted 11 times. He caught three balls. That's, That's pretty good. That is awful. <laughs> That Three is passes? awful. In an NFL um, game, I, that impresses me. I mean, as Listen, far as, I, as, far as them, batting average goes, that's not bad. That's not bad, but in, in NFL reception terms, that's not great. Uh, one of one of those three catches was a touchdown. So oh, dang. Was, that, was, that kind of masked his very poor effort. I don't think he's great at catching the football, and that's kind of sort of something that you need uh, at the wide receiver position. Not very high on Charles years. Johnson. I look at him as a guy, I mean, I'm looking at him as about 65 catches, you know, topping out at about 65 catches. His ceiling right now for me is maybe 800, 850 yards, give him, you know, four to six touchdowns. I think that sounds about right. Eh. Are you getting excited about that? No. I don't want to draft that. No. I don't want to draft that. I actually think Mike Wallace is going to have a decent year. I agree. Minnesota. 
I actually wow. agree. You He's been working about... with Teddy Bridgewater in oh the offseason. I like it. <laughs> you want to talk about somebody who's not great at catching the football? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're NFL. moving on. We'll go to Carolina. The Panthers wide receiver situation. Devin Funches versus the mighty Jericho Cotchery. Devin Funches, 6'4", 235. I mean, we talked about a, a bad 40 t- He ran a 4.740 at the Combine. That's good. Although he ran a pretty respectable 4.5 uh, at his pro day. So that's good. Uh, you also want to talk about a guy who can't catch the ball very well. He had 20 drops uh, over his three years at Michigan. Also, a horrible number. So um, he poses an interesting matchup problem, certainly, when you look at Kelvin Benjamin on one side, and then you got Devin Funches on the other. It reminds me greatly of Chicago. Uh, I don't know if Devin Funches, though, is terribly talented at actually catching the ball. Oh, wow. That's that's harsh. I don't know. He's, he seems fine. I uh, When you're talking about this uh, this battle head-to-head with Jericho Cadre, I yeah. see this more as Funches versus Greg Olson. Okay. Is who's going to get a lot of those red zone looks. And sure. Said, he is a converted tight end, Devin Funches. You know, he's a, a big target for cam newton who will look at him and say hey look he's open and then dive into the end zone himself as he takes his own one yard (laughs) touchdown plunge um yeah it's tough like you said there's a lot of red flags there the 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 panthers receivers always scare me because olsen's in the mix yeah uh because cam newton does like to call his own number a lot right i you want to be tantalized by it it seems great on paper and you know if you're playing a video game or something you're like i love having these big receivers right but in actuality, I'm not sure it's going to translate. And I've noticed as I've been doing my mock drafts, I ignore them. Yeah. Uh, there's not a whole lot to get excited about, Marcus. Uh, yeah, I'm not really fired up about Funches. I mean, I looked at last year when they drafted Kelvin Benjamin, and everybody talked about how much of a project Benjamin was. And obviously it worked out. I mean, he had some good numbers last year. But I, I look at Funches as even more of a project than Kelvin Benjamin was. The difference to me is the fact that Kelvin Benjamin, while he was in college, he caught everything. He actually had a lot of drops in college, too. He might. He, no, no, <laughs> he was, had, no, no. He had some very noticeable, easy catches that he dropped. But in traffic, that dude was extremely reliable. Easy catches, yes. He had concentration problems. That, to me, was a big difference between concentration problems and actually just dropping the ball. Like, if you looked at the football bounce off of Devin Funches' hand while he was at Michigan, it just looks bad. It wasn't, it, to me, when I saw Kelvin uh, uh, Benjamin catching or not catching the ball because he did have a lot of concentration errors, it's because he was kind of looking upfield, and he wasn't he wasn't focused on on, on receiving that pass. But uh, in traffic, a, a tremendous uh, a, a tremendous athlete getting up and getting that ball. All right, I want to talk about the Redskins real quick. Uh, tight end battle there: Niles Paul versus Jordan Reed. Uh, Paul listed as the starter uh, on the first depth chart of the season. Maybe no surprise because Jordan Reed has been dealing with a knee injury. But look. Niles Paul, man, he started strong last year. He averaged 80 yards a game over his first four, threw a touchdown in there as well. Then he suffered a nasty concussion. Um, And then from then, he split time with Jordan Reed and Logan Paulson moving forward. So uh, Niles Paul is is an interesting player, man. He he put on 27 pounds this offseason, and most of it muscle. So uh, he's got interesting upside. Uh, Alex, where do you stand on this whole battle between Niles Paul and Jordan Reed? I'd rather take a flyer on Paul personally when it comes to late-round tight ends. Right. Uh, I've loved what he's put on the field. Jordan Reed's also athletic, but Paul is the one that coaches seem to be behind a little bit more. They even said it wasn't just one of those things like, oh, Reed's injured, we're going to put Paul first. They were right. like, Niles Paul is great, he offers a lot. They said they're going to use both, but if you're going to take a flyer on a, on a tight end late, why not be Paul? 27 pounds of muscle in the offseason. That's pretty good. Although, it, it should be noted, on Monday, he did ding up his shoulder. MRIs came back negative, which is good, but he did leave practice in obvious pain. All right, I'm going to stay with the tight end position, talk about Packers, my boy, Richard Rodgers. See, I, I don't want to talk about this because I feel like Richard Rodgers is getting a little bit too much pop. You're trying to keep it on I'm trying to keep it on. I'm trying to keep trying it on the low, man. I'm mm-hmm. trying to keep it on the low. Too but late. Richard Rodgers and Andrew Corliss battling for a spot. Uh, Marcus, how do you see this battle playing out? Uh, I do think it's going to be Richard Rodgers when it's all said and done, but I think you're going to have to wait a while for that to happen. I think it's going to go back and forth. I think you're going to see Corliss still get on the field quite a bit and still get some targets. So, you know, I I do think long-term, 
Rodgers probably has more upside, but you you talk about sleepers. I mean, he is a deep sleeper. Right? Yeah, I'm taking him in the 16th. See, what I've been doing is in these mock drafts. than C.J. Fedorowicz? Uh, that's not he a sleeper. That's a guy who just won't wake up. That's just not. How dare you? Yes, wow. That's, right. that's the next Gronk. That's not the next Wasn't that no, Bill no. O'Brien's project? <laughs> Fedorowicz? Well, you know what I've been doing? Defense, four, uh, defense 13, kicker 15, and then Richard Rodgers in the 16th. Um, in those 16-round drafts. But uh, in 15, basically, I'm just taking him in the last round. No one yeah. even knows about Richard Rodgers. Fantasy hipster over here. Yeah, I know. My Moscow mule and a copper oh. mug. Yep. I will twirling say, in uh, a little twirly mustache. <laughs> in defense of Richard Rodgers, I follow a lot of beat reporters in general and also naturally a lot of Packers beat reporters. Naturally. So they, tweet, they tweet every play uh, during practice, and they talked about how Rodgers made a couple nice catches from Aaron Rodgers, and they said when Corliss had a similar opportunity, dropped it. Boom. So it's one play, but they, for your boy. Do they figure out now if you're going to be a tight end for the Packers or they put you on special teams and practice onsides kicks? Hey, now. Oh. See if can, whoever can oh. catch that. Oh. Whoever can catch what a, that. What an unnecessary dig. No, I'm, it's a legitimate question. Oh, brutal. Listen, also on that play, his it, job wasn't to catch the ball. He was supposed to block and let Jordy Nelson catch it. So I think Aaron Rodgers – job was not to go three and out on that one possession beforehand and allowed Seattle to go in. <laughs> how dare you badmouth these cow players? Oh, what sorry how about that. Dare, that's my mistake. <laughs> that is a, a transgression I will not forgive. Uh, let's, let's get to the mail pail. You've got mail. Nick Sorensen at Nick Sorensen 2. I don't know who has Nick Sorensen 1, but Nick Sorensen 2. How bummed was he? A friend of the show. <laughs> Ask a very simple question. We'll go around the horn. Melvin Gordon or Mark Ingram? Adam Rank, we'll start with you. I'm going to go with Mark Ingram because he rushes for 1,000 yards every year. No, he does not. He's I, never done that. Actually, he's never done that. <laughs> he's yes. never. I heard you walking around the newsroom being – Oh my God! He's never rushed for a thousand. Who cares? He's part of the. <laughs> he was. He was good. Like, am I? I, I he had nine touchdowns. I was you, trying to. I, was I don't see think, him getting nine next year. I don't see it. I was trying to think. I'm like, gosh, I I thought I did pretty well with with Mark Ingram last year, but he wasn't. He wasn't spectacular. No, he wasn't. Well, because he, he, was, he got dinged up a couple times. Dinged up he a had little the bit. Shoulder, which they were talking about in the ATM and the hand, right, and the hand. Right, yeah, right. so. If he only gets one of those this year. But here's the thing. I'll, I'll say if this. only. I mean, that, that's the problem with Mark Ingram, right? He's always hurt. I don't get it. And he's coming off of a year where he he got paid. I mean, really? I, I mean, you're feeling that comfortable with Mark Ingram? Plus, and the, the thing with Melvin Gordon. Okay. Wisconsin running. Oh, okay, no, I'm not doing it. Here's oh, the oh thing, you're not. Okay. Here's the thing that good, legit good. scares me. Okay, good. Is the uh, Chargers offensive line. I didn't see a lot of improvement there. Okay. Uh He's not. They got Danny Woodhead there, who's their third down back, so he's going to be in a two-down situation like Ryan Matthews was. I'm not sure. They might mix in Brandon Oliver at the goal line as well. Yeah, there's just like a lot of factors in there where I'm not as excited about Gordon as I am with some of the other rookies. I'll say this, James. You are right. Mark Ingram is not going to have nine touchdowns again this year. He's going to have ten. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) I think he stays healthy. Come on! I think this offense is more set up to run the ball, at least to be a little bit more balanced than they have been in the past. And if he stays healthy and he gets 14 or 15 games, I don't see why he can't get ten touchdowns. The fact that they added Max Unger definitely added Adds to that, I just, I just don't see it, man. I, Wait, I've you seen... know what this is again? He's just hating on the Saints. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> like Spiller. Doesn't like Why do Breeze. You like doesn't like Ingram. I, I like Breeze enough. Do you have like, like a rough like running? Enough. Like, I like Breeze enough. In what? the French Quarter with uh, okay. Sean Payton or something. I've what never happened? been in the French Quarter. I wish I, I, I wish have I. Have you never have... been to New Orleans? I've never been to New Orleans. No. Oh, oh my goodness, it's a fantastic! No. Town. I would love to get some chicory coffee and some beignets. It's a great town. Yeah, that's what you go for. Stop it. All right. I uh, go Ingram as well. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Melvin Gordon all day. All right. All right. Austin. sandwich out of your pie hole and listen up, maggot. It's time for mail call. Austin Hensel. Hensel 23. Maybe he's a Jordan fan. Uh, Do you think Carlos Hyde will have a breakout here this year? Gail Hart, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm getting more and more worried about Carlos Hyde as the offseason goes on. Uh, yeah, you think? It sounded like the whispers were that he kind of came to tra- training camp overweight. Uh-oh. Uh, Reggie Bush is there. Kendall Hunter's there. It seems like every day we read about another 49er just walking off into the sunset and like hanging out at the beach instead. So I, th- at his asking price, which is currently still like in the fourth round, is he maybe the, the third, fourth? third or third to fifth round? Yeah, I'm, yeah, he's a fourth. Round I'm too. Player. I'm too scared. I'm not going to touch him there. Marcus Grant. 
Well, he makes it sound like, I mean, the, the way, you know, Gellhart was talking about guys walking off into the sunset, I'm envisioning the closing credits to The Incredible Hulk. Where I was it's just going to say, I uh, wish you know, I had that drop cue. Bill Bixby <laughs> just walking down the road and stuff like that. That's kind of what it feels like. Um, I mean, if you think he's going to break out and be like a, a running back one for you, a, a low on RB1, I, I wouldn't expect that. I think there's still a chance for him to be an RB2. Just keep in mind, he's probably going to be a two-down back. He's going to be the guy first and second down. Then it's going to be Reggie Bush off the bench, comes in on passing downs, on third downs, and, and helps out in that respect. So uh, if he can be really productive, I mean, I think he would have to average, you know, between four and a half and five yards a carry to really be that guy. It's not impossible, but I, I'm kind of of the opinion that I'm not as excited about him now as I was, say, three or four months ago. Adam Wright? Low side. Low side. I'm off. No, I'm good. You know what the one thing that scares me about the San Francisco situation is that if they're bad this year, and I anticipate them not being a very good football team when compared to other professional football teams. Thank you. Not a lot of opportunity to run the ball right. and kind of grind the clock. They're going to have to be throwing an awful lot, and that really doesn't play to his game. It kind of uh, lends itself a little bit awesome. more to Reggie Bush. I, you know, I will say this. It's a big question mark. I mean, I think, Alex, you hit it on the head, man. I, you know, at a fourth or especially at a third-round draft price, which is uh, – I'm seeing him go in the third quite a bit, actually. Yeah, he did in one of our mocks. I think Dylan Milner, also a Niners homer, uh, <laughs> there. But <laughs> but there's a lot of Niners fans out lot there. Of, and there's a lot of people that believe in him. Um, but I think at that asking price, it's a little too scary. I will say the one thing, though, that is intriguing, at least to me, is, you know, I think there's kind of this presumption that Reggie Bush will be a third down guy. We really have no idea how the coaching staff is going to utilize Carlos Hyde. Maybe they just want to keep him on the field, get him those reps and kind of build towards next year. I'm not exactly sure. We don't know enough about the coaching staff to kind of figure out how the Niners are going to utilize Carlos Hyde. But at a third-round asking price, man. So I guess you could say we're all kind of sadly walking away from him. Ooh, God, that's tough. It's how tough far? To if, if he... Wow, he found it. <laughs> making, me, making me feel sad about my football team right now. I'm going all back right. and looking up Jeep Christ in his past. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. That's for another podcast, uh, probably. The Rap Connoisseur. Billy Mansell. You got mail, baby! Woo! Woo! The rap connoisseur asks, are there any potential breakout deep wide receivers like Mike Evans, uh, Odell Beckham last year, whose ADP isn't very high? Wait a minute. You all are watching. They were okay. Mike Evans and Odell Beckham were both drafted in the first round last year. Okay, we're talking talking fantasy fantasy ADP. Were they de- like I thought those guys were flying off in the middle rounds last year? A lot of people, uh, a lot of people didn't draft Beckham because of his hamstring right. thing and the fact that he missed the first like four. Weeks. He was on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. Yeah. Um, so and and you know the same. I don't want to say. I, I think you might be right. I think Mike Evans last year was going somewhere in the sixth, seventh round, but still, given the fact that he gave you top ten wide receiver numbers, obviously uh, he paid off very well. So I guess the question is breakout uh, sleeper type. Uh, wide receivers, Gelhar, who do you like? Uh, I'm going to throw this name out since we scratched this other question off, but Brian Quick, Marcus's <laughs> dynasty team, as he famously oh, said yeah. to me yes, uh, yesterday, last oh, season. Oh, you're kidding uh, me. Why, why, Brian why are Quick? you waiting on Brian Quick? Oh he had, for God. the first three or four weeks of the season, he was averaging like 70 yards a, a game, and uh, he scored like three touchdowns in that span. They're going to need a wide receiver to emerge, and Brian Quick is the one that they are behind for doing all of that. So, uh, if uh, this we're talking undrafted, blah blah blah, Brian Quick or, or a late round guy. Uh, I mean, so okay, we'll we'll say Brian Quick. I, I'll tell you right now, I'm not drafting Brian Quick. Uh, Marcus, Green, <laughs> give give me uh, give me a late round guy. I don't want to say it because then people are going to draft him. It's going to blow everything up. Uh, Nelson Aguilar. Okay. You know, and the hype train is starting to pick up speed. You know, I see tweets about how he and Bradford seem to be on the same page now in practice. I mean, we know Jordan Matthews is going to be pretty good this year. Uh, But it looks like Aguilar could push Josh Huff out of the way to be that number two wide receiver. And in that that Eagles offense, that's a pretty good gig. Yeah, it's not bad, Uh, certainly. Uh, Adam Rank? I like Nelson Aguilar a lot, too. I think he's a good – I, you know what? For whatever reason, I know why, because he was good last year. Uh, I do like Jalen Strong down there in Houston. Cause somebody's yeah. Gonna have, somebody's going to have to emerge opposite of DeAndre Hopkins. Right. I feel like he's got some upside. Uh, that's Allen Robinson. 
It's another he's, fun one. He's getting drafted highly, though. He's, he's getting going drafted. in like the sixth round. I yeah. see him, but I see Aguilar going ahead of. Oh, maybe it depends. I think I think it really depends on. What I think kind I'm of, the one who's drafting. Aguilar right. Too. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends on what kind of. What about? Uh, but I, I think most of the fantasy masses have not bought into Allen Robinson quite yet. I think if you're playing in, in more of a layman's league, I think Allen Robinson will last eighth, ninth round. If you're playing with more uh, expert types that see the potential, true. I did just do an 18. Well, it's an 18, which is a sad league, I know, but it was with some of my college buddies over the weekend, and I scooped up Allen Robinson. In like the eighth, ninth round. What about Green Beckham? Ooh, good choice. Somebody, somebody in Tennessee needs to be that wide receiver, and I'm over all of their guys. See, I don't. you know, I don't know how many years. It seems like every so often I buy into the "Hey, somebody's got to catch it" theory, and like that yeah. always burns me. No, <laughs> always burns. Somebody me. has to catch it. That doesn't mean they have to catch it a lot. Plenty. They catch it every now and then. It's a professional football team. Somebody well, it, look, be- they've got four guys that run streak routes. I mean, I, I just. It's hard for me to buy into any of those receivers. Plus, they got a rookie quarter, uh, a rookie quarterback. So there you go. Uh, I, I love, I love me some Jalen Strong. I, I, I love him in PPR. I think he's going to get a lot of work opposite DeAndre Hopkins. He's got great hands. He showed he was very productive at Arizona State as well. Uh, the thing was personally beating remember, Marcus Grant's boys. Remember, remember the uh, desperation heave. Do we have to talk about that? Yes, no, we do. No, they beat USC. I, I'm aware. On a desperation heap. And that's one of my pet peeves is when people are like, they threw the Hail Mary. Now, the Hail Mary was one singular play in NFL history where Roger Staubach went back and said, I said a Hail Mary and then threw it up. So that's one play. That's like saying, like, oh, he ran a ghost to the post. Or he made an immaculate reception. No, it's one play. <laughs> so it was a, it was a desperation heave. And, and I then forget. Hayes Pollard stood there like he was I was catching like, a punt. <laughs> I, was, I, I couldn't remember his name. Like he was catching <laughs> a punt. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, boy. Love it. Wow. Um, th- Sully is- pointed that one out. I mean, like, I haven't had a good chance, so I guess while we were pouring it on, I thought I'd put it. That was it. the USC fight song. I love uh, it. Um, all right, so this is our last mailbag question. You've got mail. Griffin Palmer, at Griffin Palmer 88. It's not really even a question. I guess it is. It's a quick, easy answer. When are new episodes of NFL Fantasy Live happening? I need this in my life. By the way, daily daps to you, pal. Uh, NFL Fantasy Live premieres on NFL.com starting August 17th. And on the network, NFL Network, starting September 7th. So, again, August 17th online, on the network on September 7th. That's when you're going to find new episodes of NFL Fantasy Live. And, oh, by the way, remember to sign up today, right now. Sign up your fantasy team, uh, NFL.com slash fantasy. Let's get to those daily daps. This is the day. Marcus Grant, hit me with your daily dap, son. Well, we kind of heard it there in the uh, the little supercut there for daily daps. I got to give mine to John Stewart, man. man. After right? what sixteen years behind the desk there at the Daily Show, that's why I gave it to last week. Did you? He did. But it doesn't matter. All right. Well, then you know we're what? He's, him such, daps. he's such a large figure. He can get multiple daps. So, but it's like now he officially has stepped away. Okay. If, but if not, I can do a second daily dap. Hit me. All right, uh, because hey, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks comes back tonight. Yeah. Uh, the folks at Funny or Dying, I guess it's old, but I saw it today for the first time. It was really funny. This parody they call uh, Little Knockers, which is basically Hard Knocks, except with a peewee football team. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's, it's, Marcus sent it's, it to me this morning. It's NSFW, it, uh, ah, you know, but uh, okay. it, is, it is absolutely hilarious. So Daily Daps to Little Knockers. Little Knockers. Okay. Yep. Who Alex- said it? Who was that? Uh, it's funny or die. Yeah. Awesome. I like it. Uh, All right. For mine, I've got an audio drop for ours because this is for a little something Marcus and I went to see last week. We saw a preview screening. Yeah. As I leave, All right. So Marcus and I went to see Straight Outta Compton, which is the biopic about uh, the rise and fall and coming back of NWA, and it was fantastic. Uh, by the way, I got a little nervous there. I honestly, I was like, thought, "Where are you going with yes, this?" Please <laughs> cut out of this song soon. Oh, oh yeah, it was, it was, it was the, one the clean version and okay. two oh, a good. very short drop. <laughs> okay, but uh, Marcus and I went to see it. and It good was move. fantastic. It's really good. The performances from all the guys are great. The soundtrack obviously is great. Um, the story is awesome. They, I thought they did a good job of covering as much as they could. It was a two-and-a-half-hour movie. So really? I heard, actually, one of my friends works at Universal said the original cut was a lot longer, and it was still good, but they had to pare it yeah. down so they could get I'm actually the surprised, though. Two-and-a-half uh, hours. Yeah, usually for a, for a movie like that, they, they try to you know get it to less than two. But it flies by. Well, they got a lot. They cover pre-NWA, right. NWA, the breakup, right. and then come 
kind of come back at the end. I don't and, spoil everything, but and it's you great. will be amazed at how much O'Shea Jackson Jr. looks like his dad. Finally, after like an hour and a half or so, I had to leave him to Marks, and I was like, "Are we sure that's not just Ice Cube?" In the movie right now? <laughs> I like that you said spoiler alert for a true story. Right? <laughs> Easy E dies. Hey. No. Hey, Mister, I hate on the no. millennials. Some people might not know. Easy dies. You know how many people were mad when they found out the Titanic sank in the movie? Would yeah. you stop? It's, it's true. No, it's true. Actually, my niece said that. Oh. All right. So, anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Go ahead, Adam Rank. Uh, yeah, you know, a quick point on the uh, NWA. Akbar okay. did, could not name all five members. I do remember I, that. I oh, that was of NWA. I remember that. that. I'm when, tra- uh, I was thinking about that this morning. I can't name the fifth guy. Who, who, who were the Wait, four? Who were the four? Yeah. Okay, so Ice Cube, Easy E, Dr. Dre, MC Ren. I can't right. think of the fifth guy. DJ Yella. Yella. Make it a cappella. Man. Okay. Come on now. Um, I would, you know, I was looking around for the daily dabs. I was trying to decide. Okay. Uh, I guess I can't do the fantasy pros thing. Cause that'll be, <sighs> I can't talk about like We live in a vacuum. You can give a dap to no, not. I was <laughs> saying before, we got to try. I don't, I don't listen. Yes, the shadow, a tap. The shadowy you? league figure yes. has bounced by now. Okay. Got so it. there's no way I was thinking also about Josh Trank for uh panning his fantastic four movie, which is <laughs> awful. Oh. Like, Green Lantern level Bob. I wanted. Did to you give, see it, Rank? No, oh, I, okay. it's a Marvel movie. I probably won't see it. Uh, I wanted. I was thinking about Kristen Stewart, Jesse Eisenberg, who are back together again for the first time since American Ultra. Yeah, since it, their first time together since Adventureland, which was a great movie. Uh, but I'm gonna go my daily dap though to MJD because we are in a, I guess, for lack of a better term, an experts. League. If it was an experts league, Alex Gelhard would be in there. Agreed. I don't. So there's still me, a chance. There's, there's still, still a chance. chance. Yep. I think. So you're saying there's I, a chance. I've Wait. got some. I've got some candidates to throw out so of the league. But me there's a chance. Thank you. And MJD is joining this league. He is taking the spot that is being vacated by Molly Karam, who went on to uh, the mothership, and so she had an open spot. MJD's taking it. Yeah. And we do our draft order based on <laughs> how you finished. This is a great story. How okay. you finished last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so, okay, so there it is. So Akbar is, has the first pick. because Akbar has the first pick. It was awful last year. Um, and last year they, they saddled this with you. They, they made you pick last. Yes. Like you're the newcomer, which to me is absolute garbage. Because right. let's say the Browns were sold tomorrow. Okay. It, next year at the draft, they're not like, hey, Browns, you have the last pick in the draft because your team. No, you occupy that spot. And for me, it wouldn't make a difference because I would still be at seven uh, because I, I lost in the semifinals. Uh, but no, but so MJD has 10. So most of the time when things like this happen, nobody will say anything. Yeah. Nobody wants to rock the boat. Uh-huh. Boom, MJD rocking the boat <laughs> saying, why do I got to pick last? Why? And I, you know what? <laughs> I agree with him. No, I, no, but, but money, here, money. Who won the league should have the last pick. Fabiano should have nine. MJD would have eight because he's taking over the spot because Molly beat me in the uh, quarterfinal, whatever it was. And I agree. I, I think that I think that's the way it should be handled. Uh, Maurice Jones drew his email. Oh my god! Unbelievable. This is a quote from his email. What type of manners did your parents teach you? How am I the guest and picking last? Shaking my head, LOL. That was amazing. What kind of manners did your parents teach you? Daily daps to Put, Maurice putting Jones. Putting the league on blast, too. and he hasn't even drafted a player yet. <laughs> I love it. Uh, my daily dab, I'm picking back, uh, piggybacking off of, uh, off of you guys, man. The, the, the new Dr. Dre uh, semi-soundtrack. Uh, for that, it's the album's called Compton. I mean, the dude's almost as old as Frank Gore, and he is, <laughs> <laughs> and he is still pumping out jams, man. The entire album, I, I give it, I give it a solid A minus. Uh, it's not an all-time classic, but holy cow, top to bottom, it's very listenable, very musical, very lyrical. Um, it's great. Uh, I, I know we've been talking about Meek Mill and uh, and Drake and all. I mean, Yawn. and then Let's then you listen on. to Dre with Compton. It's unbelievable. You realize how much more uh, musical talent this guy's got. So does this mean we give him a pass for not having done detox, or does this mean we have to have? <laughs> <him>? <laughs> 
if he was just an, a full-time producer, this world would be a better place. But you know what? He's off being a billionaire hip-hop mogul, so whatever. Anyways, he Daily Death. He gave us a few good tracks before he was done. A couple. Just a couple. Just a couple. But yeah, no. What, are, you, what are your NWA power rankings? <laughs> Who is the number that's one? For, that's is for it, a second podcast. Is it All right, we're going to have to get out of here, man. Dre's number one. He's my number one draft pick. Over MC Rank. MC Ren, I guess that DJ Yellow guy might be the last pick. Anyways, for Adam Frank, Marcus Grant, and Alex Kelhar, I'm James Cole. We're out of here. Thanks for listening. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.